Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Hi. This this meeting is being recorded. Well, it then it, it had a box pop up to ask me to consent to it. Oh, so I guess Zoom is getting all, you know, after two years of being in the pandemic, Zoom is finally getting a a moment to breathe and catching up on some technology. My guess would be somebody got sued over something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I bet you so, because, you know, you can't record somebody without their permission. Depending on what state you're in. Yeah. Yeah. So I bet you it had something to do with that. Probably. Probably. All right. So. (laughs) <laughs> that's not so, what we're here to talk about. We are not talking about the legalities. Of no, we are not. What are we talking about, Brandy? This is your this is your stick. Well, we are actually going to check in on Tiffany, check in number four, mm-hmm. week eighteen of her journey. And so, the behind the scenes on this one is we started a normal check in, and by the time we were done, it was like two hours later. So. This one got pretty intense. We'll be breaking it into two parts. But what we're going to play right now for everybody is the first part of week 18, check-in number four. Right. And I think we announced in the last one, so I, I don't, I, it, that this is called the Fit Fanny Project, because I think right. we finally actually announced that in the last one, so we can actually start calling it that. But right. um, yeah, so you're going to listen to the first part of this check-in, and then we'll be back to talk about it. Just a moment. Hey, are you there? Hello, hello. Hello. And welcome back to the Fit Fanny Project, right? Right. So you're Fit Fanny and I'm not, I'm Brandy. (laughs) (laughs) So we are at week 18 of this project. Uh, April, it's what's today? April 18th, 2021. And this is live check-in number four. So been quite a journey so far, right? I mean, that's a lot of time. It is a lot of time. Five, five months. Yeah, I was trying to do that quick math there, trying to divide 18 by four and I couldn't do it on the spot. December 15th. So okay. December to January, February, March, April. Oh, I did it wrong. It's four months. <laughs> four months. But yeah, four months. But I mean, that's a big chunk of time. So before we dig into where you are at week 18, Let's talk the stats because that's where people really kind of catch up. So you started December 15th at 237.5 pounds. Last time we talked um, was week 13 and you were 218. So we are now at week 18, April 18th, and you checked in at 211 today. So... That is a total of 26.5 pounds, which pretty much dead averages to a pound and a half a week and officially the halfway point to your first goal, your first goal of 50 pounds down. Yay. (laughs) So that, I mean, that's pretty cool, right? It is. I'm, I'm super pleased with the numbers. Um, and I'm absolutely pleased with the ability to reach these numbers without going out of control and making rash decisions and doing things that are actually, you know, harming my body. Because as we've said in the previous podcasts, um, I have dropped weight a million times in my life, but it was through crash dieting and crash exercise. And it's led me to this 
place in my life now where, um, you know, my metabolism is shot and the constant yo-yos has done some damage to my body. And, uh, this time dropping this, this amount of weight without pulling out the big guns, as I, I say, like without running 10 miles a day, without going to the gym three hours a day, without cutting my calories to 800 to a thousand. Um, that's the big, that that's the big celebration there for me. Well, and, and hanging through all the stuff with a lot of life happening, right? So people were now on, I think episode five, if we include our intake and you've had holidays, you've had kids come and go, you had COVID, you went yeah. back to work after virtual learning. You kind of did an impromptu vacation, which we'll hear about that here in a minute. So it's not like you're on the biggest loser where you're trapped in a bubble right. with a trainer and really all of the outside stimulus are removed. That's not true at all. No, I'm a full-time mom, full-time wife, full-time special education teacher, have a house to maintain. And um, so this is real life, realistic goals and um, realistic success and, and failure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so two things before we, before you catch us up on your vacation news, um, you sent me a photo grid right before we got on here of December until now. So four months. So before I give you my thoughts, give me your thoughts on what you see. And we'll hopefully you'll allow us to share this with everybody when these podcasts get released. Okay. So, you know, ah, I wish this wasn't me. And I hope that in, you know, three, four months from now, this isn't always my initial thought, but my initial thought is always damn it. I thought I was smaller than that. Mm, really <laughs> feel better. My clothes are smaller. Um, I, I really do know that I have, uh, become more fit, but then I see it and I immediately see all the flaws and I see that I don't look like Jennifer Lopez. And then I'm like, Egh. but I quickly, thank goodness can, uh, pull my thoughts back into rational thoughts. And then my thought is, holy cow, in four months, you can see a huge, huge difference. Like if you replaced my face with someone else, it looks like a different human. Well, except for the, the tattoos are the same, but it's way different and um, huge. I mean, totally. I will say we are all bummed and we look in the mirror and we don't look like Jennifer Lopez. So you're not alone on that. I go through that every day. I'm like, oh my God, I still... Don't look anything like her. <laughs> Why is this happening? But when I get over that, so when I see your pictures, absolutely everything you just said, like, honestly, visually, I'm staring at them right now. You are about half the size of where you started. It is just, now we talked about it last time, right? We're reducing the size, the shape that comes after, right? You, and that's what people are visually looking for. You're visually looking at these pictures, expecting the shape, the physique to change. And we're not there yet. So you're still the same shape. It's just an extraordinary, extraordinarily smaller version of it. I mean, your waist, I can't imagine how many pants sizes you would change. Let me take a guess. If I'm looking at this from December until April, I'm going to guess you're down six to eight pant sizes. 
Um, well, I'm I'm down four mm-hmm. pant sizes that I know of, but I have not gone out and bought any more pants. Yeah. Um, just because in my closet I have such a wide range of numbers from all yeah. my yo-yos. Um, I bet I, you know, if I really did take the number I really was at in the beginning and the number I am now, it might be closer to to six pant sizes, but uh, four that I know of. I'm, so where'd you start pant size wise? So pant size wise, I was still squeezing myself into a 16. So realistically, I don't know if that was the right size. I probably would be more comfortable in an 18 at that mm-hmm. point. Um, and now I am comfortable in a size 12. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is enormous. Yeah. And, you know, I can see, I'm looking at them right now. I can see there is starting to be a difference in the shape, right. um, especially in um, the shape of my, my stomach area. You know, I always have, I always have that leftover skin and the, I forget what they call it. The, um, they call it a bib or something. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's not a nice name. Um, but I can see just from looking the difference between February and, and April, my, uh, my stomach, my torso looks, uh, it looks different in shape. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of evolved from, you know, like significant overweight Mm -hmm. to now, you know, you're leaning out into a normal, I don't want to say normal, but you know what I mean? Like a healthy body mass. When you look at my original photos, I just look bloated. I Mm -hmm. look bloated and uncomfortable, especially in the upper stomach area. And, um, you know, I, after changing my diet, I really think, you know, the the carbs, the gluten, the dairy, um, that really contributed to that. And you can see in my, my photos from today, I don't have that upper area bloat anymore. Yeah. You know, it's when I'm looking at these pictures, I just think, you know, how uncomfortable that was. Yeah. Right. That was one of my main reasons for, for wanting to get fit. I was kind of, you know, turning 40, I was kind of over the whole, I just want to look good and I want to look in a bikini and I want guys to think I'm pretty. I'm so over that. Right. What I wanted was to feel good, to be able to do the activities that I want to do and to, to not be um, hindered by my physical limitations, you know? And yeah, I mean, looking at those pictures now with you, I'm like, holy cow, like, no, I really do see the difference. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's actually kind of making me emotional because I do know how, how much the original, uh, how I was in the original pictures was hindering my happiness. It was making me, you know, emotionally just kind of cut off from people and activities and I didn't want to go out. And it really wasn't all about just how I looked. It was, I didn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I won't say unfortunately, but you know, often that's really the trigger people have to hit to actually make a change because the, I want to look hot or I want to look how I think I'm supposed to look or all of those type of things. Often it, that's not enough. It's, you have to get to the point where it's a health reason and you know, it's not great to get to that point, 
but there's no better catalyst to, to really make you be serious about it. You know, and then when you start to see the payoffs of it, and we've talked about it before that just like, if you drink too much, like, and from personal experience, like I lived with a hangover for years. Mm-hmm. I did not really probably know what it was like to not be in some form of hungover. So that was my normal. When I stopped drinking, I was like, oh my God, you know, mm-hmm. I can get, I can just get out of bed in the morning. Right. But that's a thing. Right. Right. Like I cannot take a nap in the afternoon. I just, I didn't even realize any of that was possible. Right. And you I think know that your body had adapted to this way of living that you were actually, you know, causing or not adapted. I just, you don't realize how shitty you feel until right. you start to feel better. It, I mean, you can't say that any better. I, I didn't realize how crappy I felt. You know, I, I knew I wasn't doing activities. I knew I was unhappy. I knew I was grumpy all the time and that I couldn't keep up with people, but I didn't always attribute it to what I was putting in my body for food. And, you know, I kind of unfortunately got into a place where I was like, well, the world is happening to me mm-hmm. instead of saying, okay, what am I doing to affect my world? And how can I change that to make it better? I got into that slump that well, you never get into, <laughs> but it's hard, right? It's hard. Like oh, you yeah. want to try everything else before you try the hard thing. So mm-hmm. I mean, amazing job. The other thing I was just going to bring up for people who are following along, they would have remembered from our last check-in at the end, we set a goal of 205 to 207. Right. You set that for yourself based on vacation. Yeah. You didn't hit that. You got 211, which is very, very close. Mm-hmm. And my point for raising this is that is okay, right? Because part of our conversation, you had actually set a goal for yourself that was like, 190 or something like very unattainable. And I can't remember if we talked offline or if we talked on the pod about like, that is not achievable. And you pushed back on me and said, well, but that's what I want to be. And I've done it in the past. So I'm going to do it. And I was like, the thing is in my head, it absolutely was achievable because I would have crash dieted. I would have done the whole running two times a day thing. I, I would have gotten there. But then I probably would have gone hog wild on vacation, eaten everything I wanted to eat in sight. I would have been tired. Um, and then when I came home, I would have gained 15 pounds back mm-hmm. rather than this time when I came home where I actually lost, well, I lost initially four pounds on mm-hmm. vacation and then another three pounds or two and a half pounds um, this week. So mm-hmm. I really, since coming back from vacation, lost six and a half pounds. I didn't gain any weight on vacation. I lost. Right. Right. And that, I mean, that's, what's important is setting the right goal and also adapting, adapting as we go. So yeah, you were a couple pounds off your goal, which we had set that was very aggressive, but it was realistic and dialed back from what you would have done in the past. So it's, it's fantastic, right? The 211 is, is fantastic. And Even though okay. it was quote unquote, a failure of meeting my goal, I have to absolutely not look at it that way. It's not that black and white. It was, it was not a failure. 
and that black and white, that's, that's exactly how to say it. Or, you know, the goals, especially right now are kind of a range, right? And you and I will talk a specific number, but in my mind, it's usually a range because I don't have a crystal ball. This isn't magic. And the bigger picture of the trend is what matters. So I just wanted to point that out to everybody who may have been listening last time and keeping track and being like, well, wait a minute. Why are, why are you so happy you didn't hit your goal? It's a range, a goal range, a trend, and it's absolutely on track, especially. I'm oh, sorry. Hmm? No, go ahead. I it also wasn't so far off the goal mm-hmm. that I completely threw in the towel and said, you know, screw it. I'm not doing this anymore. Which good point, because that's what I was when you had set the, I don't know, like 190 or whatever it was. That was my cringe where I'm like, no, because you will come nowhere near that and then be like, well, fuck it. This isn't working. I'm done. And that's what happens when people set unrealistic goals. It just becomes very discouraging and erratic. And that's when things aren't sustainable, you know, over the long, long haul. And that's why I pushed back on your goal. And then, you know, you pushed back on me as your coach to be like, but that's what I really want. I think my original goal for you was actually 209. And we negotiated, you had 190. I think I said 209. We negotiated to 205 to 207. So that's kind of how that works. And that's sort of how that relationship works with your coach. And you should be able to articulate your vision and why. And your coach should also be able to articulate why they are setting that goal for you. And while it's a give and take, you know, there has to be reasons behind it. Why or why not? And that's where a lot of people get going crosswise is they pick a random scale number out of the sky that makes no sense and is not attached to science or reality. And when you're working towards something that's not actually tangible or achievable, it's just discouraging for everybody and a waste of time. So I just thought this was a good point to kind of circle back on how goals are set and how we manage it through this long-term process. So back to the vacation. Last episode, the last time we recorded, you kind of dropped the bomb on me that you had had done an impromptu-ish vacation. And I don't know if I visually cringed, but I cringed in my head and I'll tell you why. It was visual. Was it visual? Good, good. I I meant for it to be visual. I knew it was going to come though, because I know you. And no, it was absolutely visual. You tried to make it not visual. Right. I think I was like, ah. Okay. (laughs) But let me tell you why. The reason why, as a practice, I discourage vacations early in the process to very, to put a very simplistic layman term, same reason you don't send an alcoholic into a holiday party with alcohol three months into recovery. The skills are just not set there. And it can be a very dangerous place to be. It's really best to wait six to 12 months into your practice where things are very second nature, you know how to control your environment and you're not going to set yourself up for any slippery slopes and backsliding. So that was my cringe, not because I don't want you to have a vacation in my mind. I'm like, Oh no, as a coach, this is too early, but you went anyway (laughs) and you just came back from Hawaii. So fill us in on everything. Well, I, I think I had told you in the last podcast after you cringed that this uh, vacation was going to be a different type of vacation and you didn't believe me because I could see it in your eyes. Um, but it really was a different type of vacation. So we went to the big island of Hawaii and um, 
it's a very active vacation. We hiked and we swam and we paddleboard. Well, we attempted to paddleboard. Mm. That that crap is way harder than you think it is yeah. on the ocean. Um, but I absolutely fell in love with it, and I am going to be doing so much more of that. Um, which, for the first time in my life, I have fell in love with an outdoor sport. I am not. Uh, you know, we were not raised <laughs> to be outdoor sport enthusiasts. Oh my lord, no! Um, you know, we weren't even raised to be sport enthusiasts. So me out there on the water on this paddleboard was so beyond my comfort zone and anything I've ever done, and I just fell in love with it. Um, so we were so active every day, um, and I attempted to. Uh, well, I didn't even attempt. I'm not going to lie. I. <laughs> thought about recording what I was going to eat. And, you know, it was just, I just didn't, I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. I didn't have my phone on me all the time. And sometimes we didn't have service. And then I was going to write it down on a piece of paper. Uh, but then I just didn't do it. I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't record, but I have to tell you, um, I ate really healthily. Um, it's easy to do that in Hawaii. It's also really easy to not eat healthy. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to try the food that I don't normally get here. So I ate a lot of fish. Um, I don't eat fish in Spokane, Washington. Uh, I <laughs> suggest nobody does because that's not a, ugh, no way. Yeah. Um, but I ate a lot of fresh fish that was just caught that day. I ate a lot of uh, fresh fruits and vegetables that were grown right there. Um, they have many sustainable little farms there and, and farmers markets and um, so the food was uh, really healthy. Um, I did uh, kind of uh, go off track a little bit, had some um, shaved ice a few times. Um, and then I had um, pizza one night and I, I had probably three or four alcoholic beverages, um, but still came home minus four pounds on that, that day after I flew in. Um, because of all the activity, and I have to tell you, it was not, it wasn't a strain on me. The, I wanted to do this activity. It was, uh, I liked it. it. It was kind of eye-opening how much I have forgotten that I love to be organically active. I don't like to be on a treadmill. I don't like to go to the gym and work out um, using weights where I stare at a wall or stare at a TV. But doing those same types of activities outside. I absolutely love, and I had forgotten that about myself. I remember when I was a kid, I used to love hopping on my bike and riding my bike all day long, you know, until the, until the streetlights came on and we had to come home. I loved being outside and, and it wasn't just to be with my friends. It was, I liked being alone. I liked the wind. I loved the trees. Um, and you know, adulthood kind of just came and, and I forgot that yeah. stuff. And so that's what was so magical for me about this vacation. And, and just, you know, I had this stress relief and there was, uh, it was about the second day we were there. We did a, just a resort day where we just laid on the beach and then went and swam in the pool. And, um, halfway through the day, I was laying on a lounge chair and I, I just started bawling. Ew, why? I had no idea, no what? idea. And I wasn't sad. And I wasn't upset with anything. It was just like this flood of emotion and this huge just release for no reason. And the only thing I can kind of attribute it to that is 
I had been so stressed out for so long for the last, gosh, two years. And then, you know, COVID and, and teaching and, you know, all moving and buying a house and getting married and, you know, all these things that I had been holding on to. And, and then, um, I finally relaxed enough to just let all of that go. That's, I'm not a crier. I mean, I'm very emotional and I do cry when things get emotional for me, but I'm typically, I'm not the person that just cries every day or, um, cries on a whim. Um, but it was such a good cry and it felt so dang good. And all I could remember or thinking was just everything's so beautiful. Wow. It was crying. Wow. And then after that, I was, I just was refreshed and yeah. And you just went on about your life Went on about my life. Yeah. That's fascinating. I mean, other people probably can relate. I've never had that, but it sounds amazing. The only other time I had that was one time when we went to Vegas and I got that cranium massage. Oh, and then we were in the casino headed to the buffet with mom. Yes. Just started bawling in the middle of the casino. I remember that. But no, no one was rubbing my head over in Hawaii. It just, I I guess Hawaii gave me a cranium massage. That's funny. (laughs) I forgot about that. Well, that's, I mean, that's awesome, right? Like that's all a good news story. I'll say like, it doesn't typically turn out like that for everybody. So (laughs) I, I agree. But if you haven't been to Hawaii and if the listeners haven't been to Hawaii yet, when you go realize that if you want to do the things and see the things and actually invest in Hawaii, you have to be active and you have to be at a, a good level of, of being in shape because the, the Island is so rugged. Um, everything you want to get to, to see, you have to actually physically get there. <laughs> yeah. And so there, there's a lot of movement and it really helped out a ton. And that was one of the reasons why we chose the big Island instead of Maui, um, because Maui is more of a, there, there's definitely a lot of hikes and stuff in Maui too, but Maui is more of a lay on the beach and chill and drink margaritas and, you know, Mai Tais. I think you have to drink Mai Tais. In oh, Hawaii. sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, drink Mai Tais and then, and then go out to eat, you know, and, and Hawaii, everything shuts down at eight o'clock and you can't eat, you can't go out to eat if you wanted to because there's nothing to eat and <laughs> yeah that sounds like my kind of place cuz like i'm straight in bed by like 7:30 oh yeah it was so chill so laid back um it was just a magical place and and then i came home so that was my next question so what's have you been able to bring that stress relief into your return well Yes and no. Um, I'm definitely not as stressed out as I was the day we left. But I, I remember, um, so on Monday, I went back to work. And then that night, I thought, oh, my God, what, what night and day um, as far as emotional and, and how I feel right now and the stress. And it, it wasn't just the difference of being on vacation versus not being on vacation. Um, it was the difference of like my, my negative thoughts my self-talk, um, Mm. just, you know, coming back into the routine that I am in with my, with my job and the constant stress with my job. Um, I went from thinking the world is okay. We can do this 
to what am I doing? Run for your life. <laughs> um, hmm. and, and you know, that's, that's opening a whole nother Pandora's box with, uh, how I manage the stress within my, my job. My job is very emotionally, uh, taxing with working with kids with behavior disorders. Um, you know, I get called names all day long. I, you know, I, I'll ask a kiddo to do an assignment and I'll get the big, you know, the, it'll flip me off or, you know, and then we have kiddos that like flip desks and throw files and, uh, you know, it's a very different world. Um, so that's hard. Um, so I'm, I'm struggling because I felt happiness and then it was gone (laughs) Uh struggling emotionally. Um, but as far as physically, um, I also, I am doing great with my food, but I, I have not worked out, uh, but twice this week. Cause I just, I just feel blah. I just feel yucky. Well, you know, one of the things you said in your check-in or either it was previous was you thought part of the big scale drop on vacation was the lack of stress. And that's a real thing. And so let me flip it on your head. So if everybody's like, okay, so then the key is I just have to stay on vacation. All day long. All the time. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody has to move to Hawaii on vacation. Mm -hmm. No, that's not what I'm saying. It's the really the reverse of that, that people do damage to themselves and slow down their progress because of the large amount of chronic stress in their lives. And I'm, you know, I say chronic stress, different than acute stress. Acute stress is um, I have a virus on my computer or I got called in to the school because my kid's acting like a nut or X, Y, and Z, right? They are situations that are causing a great deal of stress, but are resolvable, painful on the moment, but resolvable. Chronic stress is a long-term job relationship. Money problems is the number one chronic stress issue, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The things that you can't get rid of in your life that if they're ultra stressful being how you react to them, it does have a physical impact on your body period. Like your scenario, what you were saying is you had a hangover all the time. You didn't even realize you had a hangover. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's exactly how chronic stress is. You don't realize how stressed your body is. And even if, even if in your mind, you're like, well, I'm stressed out about whatever it is. It's not going to kill me. Your body reacts regardless, right? Your body goes into crisis trauma mode because of the stress regardless. And then that slows down all your body processes. It increases hormones that aren't helpful to you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why it matters, right? And if that was your first instinct that you had great success on vacation, a large part of it was be the because of the reduction in stress then, then that is probably the answer, right? That, that is correct. Whatever your body's telling you is right. Mm-hmm. is factual. Well, and you just made me have a little bit of an aha moment with what you were saying is, um, you know, the, the stress, uh, everybody has stress. There's nobody in the world that is stress-free, but when it's so chronic and so day after day that it starts to get in your head and kind of sink your ship, mm-hmm. that's, that's when you need to back out of that or, or figure out how to put your boundaries yep. up to, to make it not, not do that to you. And um, people can 
be in a stressful job and stress, stressful situation and have it not affect them. Right. But I also know that, that my, the way I um, attack things that are threatening to me is I shut down and I go into survival mode and I take on as little as, as I, you know, I take on things, but I shut down other things. So I think thinking back um, to why I didn't work out this week, it was probably because I was trying to tackle the stress of everything else coming back and I shut down. Yeah. Isn't that pretty insightful? Yeah. No, it's huge. And I, I saw a quote and I just, I just pulled it up. Um, ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because of the water that gets in them. Yeah. Right. Right. And if for people who can't follow that, the water is stress. Yeah. You know, and we talked about this before. Like you said, there's people who have ultra stressful jobs and it's no big deal. There's also people who have the dumbest jobs in the world and are losing their shit all the time. You know, I mean, we've all worked with people where you're like, why are you losing your mind? Like literally your job is to, you know, punch a ticket when people walk through the door. Are you kidding me? But it doesn't matter. Like the stimulus doesn't matter. It's how you're reacting. Right. And once you start to think about that, at least I feel like I have a little more control over it because literally it's not what people are doing to me. Yeah. You have all the control. I mean, Mm -hmm. I tell the kids in my classroom all the time, the ones that struggle with not, you know, they're, they're being quote unquote naughty because they want control of their lives. Well, they would have the ultimate control if they followed the directions and followed Mm -hmm. the rules, Mm -hmm. you know, control isn't going against the grain. Control is being able to control your emotions and control your actions Mm -hmm. to get the best life you can possibly have. Right. Right. So absolutely controlling your thoughts and controlling your actions um, and controlling what causes you anxiety and, and what you let get in your boat. Mm -hmm. um, That's, that's huge. That that's, uh, that's strength right there. What do you let in your boat that maybe that's the title for this episode? (laughs) Because that's, I mean, and some of that is, um, like things that you have to make a purposeful decision because sometimes long chronic stress, if you can't manage it and it's making your life suck, you do have to make hard decisions, right? you know, and make changes. Some of it is just reprocessing how you're going to let things affect you, but it all matters because, you know, you just said you went on this huge, like life-changing vacation. It came home and immediately your life was worse than when you left. You're not sleeping. You blew off the gym yada, 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 um, which is really kind of an interesting contrast because your life didn't change. No. It's how you're viewing it now. Literally all in my head. The world didn't change. Or your perspective, your perspective of it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and perspective is reality. So what I think is interesting though, is you're connecting those dots, right? Right. Probably for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, um, I'm also making a shift of the blame, you know, it, it, I might've in the past just blamed the fact that my job sucks so bad or, mm-hmm. or blamed, um, just, just, you know, whatever. Right. I'm so busy. You know, blame, blame, blame. But I mean, in, in a not so negative way, 
I have to blame myself. I, I don't like to use the word blame because that has a negative connotation, but what, what I mean by all of that is I have to, if I want to fix the situation, I have to do work within myself. I can't fix my job. I mean, I could by, but I could by quitting, but I can't fix the fact that the job exists. I can't fix mm -hmm. the fact that humans have to sleep. I can't fix any of that, but I can fix how I react to it. Right. Right. I mean, that's the answer, right? Yeah. Not, it's, you know, easier said than done. So let me ask you a personal question and you can share what you want to share or not want to share. You know, this is obviously something that's as a coach, something I talk to my clients about. You're a little different because you're on a podcast, but all of the things we just said is true, but sometimes things are outside of our control because we can have imbalances just like any other imbalance in your body and medication can obviously help some of those things. Um, depression, anxiety, all sorts of disorder. Medication is not bad when coupled with a therapeutic process. Right. So what is your thoughts on that? <laughs> We're recording live. Here we are <laughs> recording again. That is so strange um, to hear it tell me that every single time. Okay. So um, a lot going on. There was definitely a lot going on, um, but I mean, and I, you know, I have all my my notes here because I really did, you know, try to listen and and uh, take notes and not actually do other things while I was listening. But down twenty six and a half pounds in four which months, which is is a lot, incredible. I mean, that's what ten ten percent of her body mass. Yes, just about which, give or take, which is incredible. And and like you continue to remind her, I think throughout this, it's like you know she's kind of averaging a pound a week, right? I mean. Right you know, as it should be, no matter how much weight you have to lose, right? It, it's, it's that half a pound to one pound a week, right? And that's the sustainable way of doing things. And I know it's a recurring theme for her that mm -hmm. she keeps going back to the, well, I could have lost 50 pounds in a week if I had done all the crash dieting and everything else that I usually do. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's really cool that she can, she continuously, while it's easy, she kind of comes back to that, like, when she gets a little disappointed, like, I, I know I could have done it this other way, but I know logically that way has gotten me nowhere, but here, right? So yeah. nowhere, but needing to lose all this weight again. So um, I like that she keeps kind of coming back to that realization, even though it gets hard and it gets frustrating as it does, I think, for anybody who's on a weight loss journey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's challenging all these preconceived notions that she's had for 40 years as to how things are supposed to be. And if things aren't perfect, then I'm not doing them at all. Uh, a little bit of the growth mindset problem set in there of black and white thinking. You know, if things aren't going perfectly and I'm not getting exactly what the way I think it should be, then I'm not doing anything at all. So I think that has been a little bit of her practice up until now. So she's challenging those thoughts and mm -hmm. it's super uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to challenge those thoughts. And I think that's a lot of what you're hearing in there. Well, absolutely. And it's, you know, the recurring themes and, and I'm going to try not to get all the themes mixed up in the different um, podcasts. Cause I kind of listened to them all at once, but um, that's why I made notes. Um, but the black and white thinking is a recurring theme throughout, I think all of the recordings, all the check-ins that you've done um, and her challenging and, and really just her challenging her thought 
process, her challenging her stories, her challenging everything, right? Everything she's ever known. But as we've discussed in podcasts before, right? So um, physiologically, our brains are designed to keep us comfortable, right? Our brains are designed to make us survive and discomfort typically means danger, typically means I don't survive, right? So so our brain is trying to keep us alive. I mean, God bless our little brains, right? But unfortunately, we, throughout our lives and circumstances and what have you, our brain, our, our neurologic pathways get programmed to always take us in this one direction, right? And so, um, you know, negative thoughts are, are, our brains are programmed to, negative is easier than positive, right? So mm-hmm. it's just easy to always go back to that comfort. And our brain is truly trying to, you know, trying to help us survive, right? It doesn't mean any ill will. It just is it's like, this right. is just how it's designed to be. But we have the ability to change that, right? We have the ability to actually change the neural pathways in our brains. Um, It is no different than building, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but it is no different than hypertrophy on your biceps, right? Mm -hmm. And doing bicep curls for hypertrophy on your biceps or hip thrusts so you can build bigger glutes. Our brain is no different, right? We're not necessarily making it bigger, but we are changing it's neural pathways. Literally, we can change how we think, but it takes the same amount of effort it does to grow any other muscle. And, right. and that's the hard shit. And, and the, you know, the recurring theme and, and I, you know, I've said this before about listening to your sister, cause I don't know her personally. I only, you know, know her through you. Um, but she is incredibly articulate and she is very, um, she tells her story in a way that I think so many people are going to relate to. I think like 90% of this planet is going to see themselves in her. And if you don't, then you're just currently in denial. I mean, honestly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know, you know, I'm, I've never been 200 pounds, but there are, I can tell you um, 95% of the things she says, I'm like, yep, get it. Yep. Been there. Yep. I get that. Right. And not just me, but clients and everything else. So Um, I just, I, you know, I, and I just think it's incredible that she's putting herself out there that way and that how difficult all of this has been, that she is choosing the difficult path to challenge and it has not been perfect. That is another recurring theme you will see. And thank God it has not been perfect. Right. I mean, thank God she has not done things perfectly because that is exactly what we want people listening this to this, to hear that it doesn't have to be perfect to work. And it's not like life is not supposed to be perfect. Like life is a series of difficult events that you either learn how to face and deal with, or you spend your whole life miserable trying to avoid it. Right. And, you know, she, I think is really taking that head on right now. There's a million ways to avoid dealing with the hard thing. Mm -hmm. And that's how you stay miserable and unhappy. And that, you know, I think that's a really good point that a lot of people get caught up on that this is somehow supposed to be easy and there's going to be no life challenges and it's just going to happen. And if it's not, then I'm doing it wrong and I quit. And it's supposed to be problem after problem and challenge after challenge. That's what, you're, that's what life is. That's what life is. It's just a series of challenges right. that and you, you test yourself on. And you get yourself to being overweight or, um, 
or in debt or mm -hmm. addicted to drugs or emotionally know, unhealthy or, or name name your bullshit yep. that you're caught up in because you are avoiding something avoiding. you're avoiding yep. doing the hard things and a lot of this shit is i mean it's not our fault right it was design it we were we were uh we were destined for this from birth because of whatever circumstances we were born into right and so um but that that's just kind of an um an overlying theme like i do want to touch on a couple of the points that i thought were really cool in this episode yeah. but um you know i i do love you know that you guys were looking at the photo grid and then you guys were talking about it so much i was like i just see these fucking pictures because yeah. i hadn't seen any pictures so please send me the pictures and i was like holy shit that is such a huge difference but i just loved when she was talking about, she's like, I don't understand why I'm doing all this work and I don't wake up and I still don't look like Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> I mean, right. and, and I, and who doesn't fucking get that? Right. It's right. like, it's like, I don't, I don't understand. And you don't really see it in your daily, right. Because you see yourself every day, but I haven't seen those pictures at all. Mm -hmm. And I was like looking at the photograph and holy shit, that's like a whole different person. And I'm glad that she was able to look back on those pictures and kind of to have the same holy shit moment, right? With just 20, 26 and a half pounds halfway to her goal. So imagine what she's going to look like when she reaches her goal of 50 pounds. I mean, right. she, she's a whole different person um, physically. So, you know, I'm a big fan of like, you got to document your journey as uncomfortable yeah. as those pictures may be to take. Right. And, you know, and I do this even with competition clients. I have to like, I'm like, I'm not making any progress and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all right, here's the pictures to prove it. Right. Shut the fuck up. I mean, I don't say it like that, but, but pictures don't lie. Right. It's just like, right. like, oh my God, I couldn't see it until you showed me. And, you know, so, you know, you know, and it's really hard for a lot of people in the beginning because it's just a change in your size. Right. And you're expecting right. a morphing into Jennifer Lopez and that happens down the, the road. So that's one thing that I tried to get her to focus on is like just, you could see in the pictures and we'll share them that her entire body size is completely smaller than it used to be. So, so it's really at this point, especially in her journey, it's keeping focus on what's important because she's 18 weeks into this. It's definitely starting to get boring, right? Like the mm -hmm. sexy part of this has dissipated. And this is where you have to stay focused and you have to goggins through. Yeah. So just, just trying to keep her focused on, on what matters in this moment and not getting way ahead of, of where she is right now. Well, and I, you know, a couple of the things I kind of noted that I think are, um, I think important things for people to kind of pick on, pick up on is, um, you know, when you, when you don't feel good, you know, that just, affects everything else in your life, right? Like emotionally, like if you don't, if you're not, if you don't physically feel good, yeah. I know when I'm having a lupus flare, depression comes right along with it, right? Yeah. And it's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Because I'm just like, I feel like shit. And so the world is like crashing down right. on me. Um, and there's this meme that I have always loved that came to, that I thought of when um, she was talking about that. But um, it just says most, I think it says women, but really, I think it's most people. Um, it's tragic to know that most people will never understand how good the body is really designed to feel. 
because we, right. we walk around in this state of perpetual feeling like shit because we eat like shit and we're overstressed and we're, we're dehydrated and we don't sleep and, um, you know, just life sucks. So we feel like shit. So until you've actually had the opportunity to make a change to that in some way, and you know how good it feels to feel good, you don't know. Because you yeah. think like walking around feeling like shit is how you're supposed to walk around. This is how everybody walks around. Right. right? Um, that and and she she made a comment um, along those same lines that she said she used to think that the world was happening to her mm-hmm. versus what can she do to affect the world around me or to affect my own world, right? So... Um, you know, in psychology terms, it's like the locus of control. And so it's like, what's happening to you versus what do you have control over? Right. And some people have this very, what was me mentality and everything happens to me and none of it's my fault. And, and then the flip side of that are the people who tend to be the happier, more well-adjusted people, right. Who are just like, um, I am 100% in control of everything. I am right. responsible for what happens to me or at a minimum, how I react to what happens to me. Right. So I am That's not what you have control over. Right. I am not in control of the asshole that rear ends me necessarily. I don't have any control over that, but I can't control how I react to it. I'm probably going to be really pissed because <laughs> yeah. that's how I would react. But you do have a choice in that matter versus, oh my God, the world is just happening to me. And I have no choice but to be a miserable fucking human being because, you know, because what was me. Right. And she's seeing that. She's seeing that through this process. And I think that's really cool. You know, and I I think that's part of the bigger discussion we talked about, too, that for the first time, she's starting to really face the hard things, right? And and by if you decide you're going to start to face the hard things, the first Thing you have to tackle is how am I going to survive it, right? right? And you know, and then that goes into what can I control and not control, and then for discussion of what am I going to let in my boat? Yes, I love that. I love that reference. She mm-hmm. she said boats don't ships don't sink because of the water around them; they sink because of the water in them. And I think right. that is incredibly profound, right? So if you're somebody like me that like latches onto little quotes, because these things really, I mean, I think. A, I'm just that kind of person. Like those things really stay in my, my mind. Cause I'm always reciting memes and quotes and because they, they stick with me. I'm just like, you know what? Cause that's something I can use in the heat of the moment when life is like really fucking hard. And I can just go like, Oh, right. Like this is, you know, I kind of think back on those memes. That's why I have them all over my house too. Um, and I like, um, well, the other thing too, that I really liked was, um, first of all, if I don't tell you this enough, you're a really good coach. Hey, thank you. You're welcome. Because, and I, I mean, I listen to you because we don't listen to each other coach, right? Like, You're like, you know what? We should work together. We, <laughs> you know what? If I wasn't, if I didn't already have you working with me, I would totally <laughs> ask you to work with me. I, you know, but look, the reality is I know you as a person and we've known each other for a hundred years mm-hmm. in, in lots of different ways, but I've never experienced your coaching, right? Like I have, um, before we started working together in that respect, like I know you had like business sense, like it's nobody's business. So the reality is like, that's really where all this started, right? It was Mm -hmm. like your business sense. I really didn't know coaching wise, um, you know, and I've seen the products of your coaching, but I've never heard you coach, right? And I, I, listening to you through this whole series, I'm just like, 
I think I should hire Brandy as my coach because <laughs> she's really good. But I, oh wait, but oh wait, uh, we're you're best, the best. Thank you. Oh, but wait, we're best friends, so we actually already coach each other. Like I think we, right. we coach each other on a regular basis. But um, but you are really good. So if you need oh, a coach, you should you. hire. You should hire Brandy. Um, <laughs> so you know, I do. So a couple more, um, maybe not so like deep things, but super cool that she stayed active on vacation. Right. right. I think. Um, like you said, like I, you know, would not recommend a vacation in the first probably three to six months of this type of journey. Because uh, and I was sweating it. I mean, I was skills. sweating it big time. She did great. But you know what? She did exactly what I would recommend any client do, right? So she actually did implement her tools. Did she have a couple cocktails? Sure. Did she enjoy um, some things, some indulgences? Sure. She stayed active. She found things that she, she realized she, she remembered that she loves to be outdoors and to be right. active. Um, and so that was great, right? Like, I think, um, you know, that, that is not to be poo-pooed as any small feat because, you know, lots of people go on vacation to gain 20 pounds and she lost four. So yep. I think that's incredible. Um, <clears throat> and then I totally, look, I too, Tiffany have sat on a beach in a beautiful place and bawled my eyes out. <laughs> really? Yes. When she said that, I was like, huh, I'm usually asleep. That's my nope. thing. Huh? It's this, oh, it, and it's not just being on the beach, but that is also like my, ha- that's like my, I can breathe. Like, like that's my, you know, yeah. that's just my, my place to, to, to breathe. And I've, I've been there, done that. And, as, and I've been there, done that in, times in my life when everything around me felt like it was falling fucking apart, right? Like everything was so stressful. So whether it was, you know, during the times when my son was having a difficult time or when I was trying to build this business and work full time and raise a son and like, you know, all the other things like when, when life is incredibly stressful and we would finally get to go on vacation and you can have this release and yeah. it, that's, that's exactly what it is. You're just like, oh my God, it's just this emotional release. And then you ball your eyes out. And then the number of times I've cried when I had to come home, the number of times I've come home and felt even more overwhelmed. I mean, like I could totally relate to everything she was like talking about in that respect. Um, you know, because you have that emotional release and you have that moment to, feel good and feel free and kind of forget all the other shit that's going on around you. And then you have to come back to reality. Right. So that's when you got to make sure you still have those tools in place to like function because it's not all going to be sitting on the beach in Hawaii. (laughs) That is not life. I mean, well, for most of us, I mean, I do know some people (laughs) that actually do get to live that life, but that's not us. I'm sure they have their own problems. Yeah. But I did have to, (laughs) I laughed out loud <laughs> or actually I might have cringed but you guys couldn't see me because I was listening in the- <laughs> when she said that she sat on the beach and she cried her eyes out this is so Brandy's reaction <laughs> ew why <laughs> did I really say that you totally did. I'm gonna cry because it was so funny I was okay, like god well. that's Brandy you literally said, me. and I can picture your face when you said it. Cause I don't watch, I, I was listening. I don't watch the, the uh, video. I can see your face. You, you would do this. Ew, why? With your little scrunchy nose. 
All right, busted. Okay, you're I just know so it. You're so mean, and I just told you so you were a great coach. That I'm like, you're so I'm like, fucking yes. mean. I'm like, that does sound like me. I guess I didn't mean it like, you gross. I think I meant it like, like oh my God, wh- why? Like, no, but, why you, you, but you were like, ew, why? <laughs> Oh no. I'm sorry, Tiffany. She's your sister. She's very mean. <laughs> I just told you how great a coach she was. I didn't was. mean it mean. I was very surprised in the moment. I guess that's my general reaction. Like, oh my God, what? What the fuck? That's, I don't understand that crying thing. Who cries? I'm crying in Hawaii. That doesn't make just any go sense. to sleep like the rest of us. <laughs> anyway, I just, that wasn't neither here nor oh, but God, I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> oh, so we ended on a cliffhanger. Correct. Yes, we did. Um, I think that kind of covered all the points um, yeah. <laughs> that I wanted to cover besides the fact that you were being mean to her. Um, but, you know, but, you know, back to the, the stress conversation, because we, you know, we've done podcasts on this. And we've talked about it before. But, you know, there was a, a little bit of a conversation between the two of you. You know, did she actually lose the weight? because she was active and staying on her plan or was it some of it was stress reduction. And I 1000% believe in that. I have seen Mm -hmm. it happen with clients time and time again, when we're able to take stress out of the equation, like, you know, weight, weight comes down because it it definitely um, can cause some issues. Um, So I thought that was really cool. Um, What else? I have a couple of notes. Um, That was the, and and, you know, you guys got into the conversation about stress. So you started talking a little deeper about stress and, and then we're going to shift over to the other podcasts. But, um, you know, the reality is, again, like the, it's the, the stimulus itself isn't what matters. It's how you right. react to it. And I don't know if right. it's you that said that, her that said, said that, but you guys were having that conversation. And we've talked about this before, whether your stress is real or perceived, right? So it doesn't matter. It, right. your body, your, it's stress to your body regardless, good stress, bad stress, right? And not all stress is, is bad, but stress is stress. Um, and it is a matter of how you manage it and how you perceive it, how you react to it. And that, that truly is what becomes, um, I think the, the indicator of like <clears throat> what, how your body's going to start responding to things. Um, but yeah, so I thought um, it was all a, a really great conversation, lots and lots of points, I think, for people to hopefully see themselves in um, and this and then um, left it on a cliffhanger. You yep. were talking about stress and mm-hmm. then how she dealt with stress. And then you asked her the question, have you ever thought about medication? Right. And then we're going to stop it there and we're going to pick up on the, uh, the next podcast and, Part two. and get into uh, some more deep, deep seated rooted shit. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Meet everybody back here. All right. All don't that. get, hey, but don't get weird. Use your head. It'll all be okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you like to stream your favorites. Bye.